Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, boy, this week kind of flew by fast, but you know what? What? There's big news on the, on the horizon for the weekend. There is? And what this might could, it be? Well, apparently, if I got the story right here, mm-hmm. uh, this could be our last, uh, one of our last shows, except for tomorrow. Nuh-uh. And then, yeah, yeah. And, and this could be, for everybody... Our last weekend on the planet. Oh, my goodness. Where yeah, are we going? And, well, uh, <laughs> apparently to hell in a handbasket. Uh, new theory claims solar storms will cause the end of the world Sunday. Sunday? Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> burn, burn, burn. I fell into a burning, burning ring of, of fire. fire. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be one of those shows. Um, so we're supposedly being... Targeted by the sun, with what? Are the, what yeah. is it that's going to hit us? What is the, well, solar flares? A flare, a flare. Don't those things not just, just a fl- not not a roadside flare unless somebody picks one up and throws it at yeah, you? Yeah, but, but don't those things just knock out your electronics or something like that? They don't. They don't like well, take us it, out. Well, there have been solar flares this mm-hmm. week that have been kind of. Have you noticed your internet's been slow? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably because of the solar storms, but apparently. Uh, the hun- the sun is going to sit up there and go wind it up and throw a big old flare at us. Uh, you know, that's the easiest way I can tell huh. you. You know, I have one, one question, Sunday. though. Our weather people, our meteorologists... Having a clue what they're doing. That's right. They're wrong uh, 70%, 80% of the time. They're going to predict a solar flare? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, let me ask you a question. I'm, I'm here. What do you call a weather forecaster? Lucky. That's <laughs> true, uh, yeah. So, what a, what a, what do you call a weather forecaster? Are they a meteorologist? Yes, they're meteorologists. Yes, but what the hell do they know about planetary stuff? They they do the weather I, and I, don't do it well. I have, I I guess they follow like the moon for tides and things like that. So and they probably follow the sun to a certain extent too because it does affect our weather. Yeah. But as far as a solar flare taking us all out, I would think and call me crazy. If this were Crazy, a, Jim. if this were a big <laughs> issue, right? Uh, my, somebody uh, might be talking about it. I mean, like the president. I know he has a hard time, you know, climbing stairs. He is, well, he stumbles across uh, uh, the lawn and uh, at the White House, and he gets lost in thought. But somebody, maybe Karine Jean Pierre. Oh my oh, God! Yeah, she's, no, oh, maybe yeah, she shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, have you seen the video of her doing her little, uh, you know, press conference where somebody, um, actually put her in clown makeup and, oh. <laughs> and put it all together as a, a you know, show. And they I can thought, do anything, anything with pictures uh, these funny, days. Funny, funny, but I wouldn't have wanted to be the one to do it. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess the meteorologists look to the moons for the you know high and low tide. I actually look to the paper, mm-hmm. and I look for the sails there. You know whether tide is high or low. Wait, but a bing, but a bing, but a boom. Yeah, um, yeah, a long way. You know, speaking of space, I don't know whether you uh, heard about this, but you know, uh, it, it hasn't been a great week for Elon Musk. Uh, no, they, no. Uh, SpaceX uh, tried to launch its giant rocket. And they call it a success. Because yeah, because they said if it got past the tower, it yes. was a success. And it they did. They wanted it in the air for 90 minutes, but it was four. But, hey, look at four minutes, 90 minutes. Eh, what's a few minutes amongst friends? But, well, 86 um, minutes, but okay. Yeah, but uh, he, didn't poo- he didn't poo-poo it like it was a failure. I mean, uh, but it did blow. I guess it, it blew up. Or did they blow it up, Bill? I think it blew up, but you know it was uh, it was when the separation happened. I think you know this was the biggest rocket ever built. Are you serious? It's like it's like launching the Empire State Building. <laughs> Pretty much, it was the biggest rocket ever built. So they're going if the damn thing clears the tower, it's a success. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, you know, let's let's just sit there and say, oh, uh, what was. Uh, what was the guy's name? Louis Anderson or something like that. Funny guy, kind of a big, rotund guy, yeah. no longer with us, died of a heart attack. That would be like him, you know, strapping a jetpack on, saying, "Yeah, he's <laughs> going to fly." He's, you know, he says gonna... here the two-stage rocket ship, 
standing taller than the Statue of Liberty at 394 feet. Yeah. Blasted off from the company's Starbase spaceport uh, of Brownsville, Texas, for what SpaceX hoped at best would be a 90-minute debut flight into space, but just shy of Earth orbit. So the, I didn't realize it took off from Brownsville. Yeah. It didn't take off from uh, from Florida. I, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, well, I th- you know, they are building the lander for what is that? Uh, it starts with the A, the NASA project that's mm-hmm. out there, too. You know, Musk has got contracts with them to help NASA with their program. You know, and I'm like going, but Musk has a kind of a different thing. He doesn't mind having the losses, you know, if it they learn something and they get to the successes. But if I were a pilot, I'd look at that going, you Uh-oh. Know, <laughs> that damn Whose planet are you talking yeah. about? You ain't talking about me, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, we have a, a job for you. We'd like you to fly this uh, this rocket for 90 minutes or four. Uh, <laughs> huh. Look, and, and the pilot seat, we want you to get a good view, so we've strapped a chair, a yes. lawn chair, onto the nose of the rocket, you know, and uh, we're going to tie you onto the lawn chair with a rope, and you get these goggles. <laughs> if you get up there, and if you're you're heading along, and, and if you see this light go on, what your next job is is to uh, take your head, stick it between your legs, and kiss, kiss your gluteus goodbye. maximus goodbye. <laughs> it's been nice knowing you. Ground control to, to Major, Major Tom. Tom. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Anyway. Jeez, uh, leave it to two just disc jockeys to take a political show, <laughs> show and hey, send it to the moon. <laughs> I got to ask you a question. Have you, have you been to Toronto re- recently? Toronto, Canada. Uh, uh, no, you know I've been close to Toronto. I've never been to Toronto. Well, I have been to Toronto. I've been to their airport. I've been all around Toronto. Toronto and I are friends. But somebody went to Toronto and went to the airport and stole sixteen million dollars in gold and banknotes. Sixteen million dollars. It says a major heist at Canada's largest airport on Monday. Resulted in the theft of $16.322 million Canadian in gold and banknotes, according to police. The Toronto Sun reported Thursday the gold and banknotes from TD Bank were transported in a high-value container on an Air Canada plane to Toronto Pearson International Airport as part of an intra-bank transaction. That transaction, not anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. gone to be the security guard in charge of that one. Yeah, yeah. I, honest to goodness, sir, I didn't leave my post. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Sixteen well, million know. dollars. Hey, yeah, yeah. You know how far it is down to the bat room? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> well, how do you explain that? I mean, I don't know. Hey, boss, I got some good news and bad news. <laughs> the good All news right, is give me the bad news. Oh. <laughs> Uh, sixteen million dollars. How do you cash that? I mean, you, you you have to have some system in place after the robbery to launder the money. Launder the money to cash it out because everybody's going to be looking for sixteen million dollars in in gold and notes. I wonder if they're the kind of notes that are like cash. You know, there are some notes probably. That, and you know, are we wow. talking? Was there gold? So there's gold. gold yeah, you know. yeah, there's gold. Yeah. So you take that down, melt. You take it and melt it down. Repour it. Guess mm-hmm. what? That's you know, right. Where's the trace? Boy, that's a huge gold ring on your finger, sir. <laughs> uh, that is. I'm dragging my knuckles here. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize this. Actually, I did realize it, but I had a friend of mine uh, mention to me the other day. He says, "You know, the, one of the things that people don't realize when they own gold." And they always want to hold it and touch it because it's gold. And they just, they, if they have it, they, they like to realize it's theirs and, and touch it. But when you touch it, you get it on your fingers. You, you know, it is such a... Uh, Fine metal and it's soft. It's very soft. And it comes off on your hand. So if, yeah. if you're always touching your gold, your money is losing its value. Yeah. You know, your, yeah, fi- your, you fingers, finger. your fingers yeah, yeah. are getting, your fingers are getting more valuable. <laughs> I mean, and maybe that's where the term gold finger came from. I don't know. but uh, Gold finger. Uh, 
We're doing a lot of singing on today's oh, program. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> people are going, oh, my God. You know, these guys, they can't sing. Uh, Could somebody tell them, please? Also, uh, we uh, already know, folks. We know. <laughs> also, Larry Elder. You know Larry Elder? He's a, a talk yeah. show host. He ran for governor uh, a few months ago in California. Came up a bit short. But he is a smart guy, and he'd be a great governor. Well, he's running for president. He announced on Tucker's show last night that uh, he's going to run for the presidency. Uh, I don't know. I think to myself, do these guys really think they have a shot, uh, you know, uh, next to President Trump? It's not about winning. You understand, it's not about winning. I'm not trying to put this guy under yeah. the bus, mm -hmm. but it is about the fundraising. Because you sit there, you play the game. But what happens to all that money you raised in your name that goes to your campaign and mm -hmm. your coffers and the election is older? Well, I'll tell you what, there will be another day. It was great uh, while we did it. But thanks to everybody that came out and cast their support to me. <laughs> Wait a second. Thank you Wait a to second. the tune of $26 Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it. I'm going to take this moment to announce my candidacy. <laughs> I don't have a shot in hell, but I'm going to run. And yeah. please, yeah, send please, money. You send your money because at least we can make our voice be heard in smaller Maybe denominations, kind of sort of. if you would. <laughs> oh heavens, friends! It's it's a Friday. Maybe you that's can what's tell. up with Bongino, you know? Uh, yeah, I I, well, I was first. So... It was a contract thing, you know. We couldn't come to terms, hmm. and they said no. We let him go. Well, yeah, well, that's funny. It's funny you should say that because he was on his program yesterday. And he was being very adamant about the fact that he loved the people at Fox and he had high ratings and things were great, uh, but it was his decision. And now Fox is saying, no, 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 no. It was our decision. Let me, let me clarify something here. Mm -hmm. It might have been you know, him saying it was his decision, and he might have known that day was coming because... When you work for the government, whether you work for the DOD, you work like he did in the Secret Service, whether you're working for them or you leave them, uh -huh. you have signed a piece of paper that says that if you decide to go do media, uh, you can only talk about certain things. You have to be mum on certain things. Right. And if there are things that you do want to talk about, you have to get clearance on it. Oh. And the government has the has the authority to say, you can't do that no more. So now, wait a second. Didn't they just settle a case? Didn't uh, Fox just settle a case? $787 million? Yes. And so could... That to me is a loss. That's not a settlement, I'll tell you. Seven, yeah, and could they sit there and think Bongino could be a liability to them? Absolutely. It says here, Bongino warned his listeners yesterday about fake news stemming from his departure, meaning people are going to start saying things that aren't true. He's saying he's adamant about the fact that it was a uh, uh, mutual kind of thing. Uh, he says, we went out as number one. We were the number one show last week, and we are the number one show about 90% of the time in his time slot. So he's he's being very uh, direct that it wasn't a performance job. It wasn't it wasn't something that, that he'd done wrong as a performer. But you know you're right. He he is very vocal. He does have his radio show, and you know most contracts that I've seen in my career in broadcasting have some mm. clauses like that where they have some control over what you say and what you do outside of your show. So maybe he was stepping into areas that were making them very nervous, and they just finished spending $787 million in, quote, settlement money, and they don't want to get uh, caught up again. Maybe? Yeah, and, you know, some of those contracts are uh, that, that have those clauses. There can be a silly clause in it. I'm not going to go into a Bill Knight story, but I do have one for that. Go but, ahead. Uh, tell, me your, tell me your Bill Knight no, story. No, 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 no. no. Well, that's a Pittsburgh story. Long and the short of it is, there was yes. another guy that I uh, worked with, and uh, we did these monthly parties, mm -hmm. you know, to celebrate 
hey, things are going well, you know, and we had a thing, too, called yeah. the Bent Tower Award because the tower one time came down in the, <laughs> the bent, stu- stupid wait thing a second. of the month would get you the, the Bent Tower. The Bent Tower Award. Yeah, because we had a tower that when a, a farmer was out plowing the grounds yes. out there and clipped one of the guy wires and <laughs> here's this brand new antenna that looked like a Viagra. And, su- and suddenly, you, suddenly you guys had listeners in, in Russia. <laughs> yeah, we did. But, uh, you know, that was fixed and all that stuff. So we came up with the Bent Tower Award for the stupidest thing there ever mm-hmm. was. We had a, an ex, uh, uh, ex-salesperson that went to a competing station as a sales manager. And so Rich and I were sitting there, you know, BB Boomers. That used to be right there in the riverfront and the big mm-hmm. plate classes. You look over the river across to the city of Pittsburgh. And we saw him coming up. Yeah, we had a few cocktails in us at the time. We're going. I looked at him and he looked at me and I said, yeah, let's do it. We turned around and no. was, uh, pressed him against the glass. We mooned him. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Oh, so in my contract, how, how renewal, mature? But then again, you were disc jockeys, so the, yeah, you know, yeah. at a rock wannabe station. <laughs> so in my contract renewal, they said, "Hey, we got, we're happy with everything." Oh, by the way, uh, you do understand there will be no more mooning, and there is a clause right here. Yes, and you know, I'm sitting there going, "Oh, 47A." You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it was a moral turpitude or something clause. Yeah, uh, you yes. know, where you can lose your whole contract if you moon anybody again. So I, <laughs> I, I may be the only guy in the world that had a no mooning clause. I have to tell you that the- I was the most straight laced disc jockey I ever to be in the broadcasting <laughs> industry. Industry. <laughs> yeah, you've known me. Long Long enough now. To, yeah, Actually, I believe if it. you would have known me back in those days, yes, uh, I didn't you, moon you anybody in my career. In my, <laughs> oh, enti- I don't know. In my, no, in my entire, have... in my entire broadcasting career, I haven't got any of those little picadillos in my uh, background. Oh, I, you might have jumped over the fence and wallowed in the mud with the rest <laughs> of us. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I had to go home to my wife, and she straightened me oh, out. Oh, you know, yeah, <laughs> the warden would not she was, allow she that. She was, she was my ballast. She kept me uh, from, you know, going from side to side. So She stood um, at the door, bedroom door with a whip. Hey, uh, I don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, Democratic Senator John Fetterman, we talked about him. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he celebrated, and I didn't even know this was a, an actual day. Uh, he celebrated International Marijuana Day on Thursday, shortly after being released from the the psych, the psych Your ward. birthday, yes. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, four twenty on four twenty, and he was holding up a sign that said it has to be four twenty somewhere, you know. And <laughs> this is this is I'm thinking this is a guy who he's been, he really hasn't been in the Senate all that much. I mean, he's been in in the psychiatric hospital uh, for makes uh, sense two months. So he comes out of the psychiatric hospital, and like in one of the first couple of days of his back to work he's he's uh promoting the use of marijuana and that's the only time by the way in the pictures that i've seen of him since he's been released it's the only time where i saw him smiling i mean every other picture you see him walking through the parking lot he looks morose and and down and 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 kind of sad you know but when he was holding up the flag and talking about marijuana (laughs) He looked joyous. <laughs> well, you know, it's the marijuana generation. They run the White House now. And the Heck, when I was a kid, it was the Pepsi generation. Now they're talking about marijuana. Pepsi. I was a Coke kid all along. Were you? Coke, yeah, but Coke, when I was a kid, it was the commercial campaign was, it's the Pepsi generation. <laughs> hey, uh, the one of the prime ministers, not prime ministers, one of the, the ministers of parliament, you see, in, uh, in England. Oh, yes, parliament. Yes. A, a British member of parliament with a doctorate in Russian military strategy is warning that Russia's Vladimir Putin is preparing an attack on the United Kingdom in preparation of World War III. This is a guy who shouldn't be taken lightly because he's a distinguished doctor of Russian military strategy, and he's convinced that old Vladimir Putin is getting ready to attack England. What do you think? Actually, I think it's probably true because everything that I read, everything that I see, shows that we are on uh, the the cusp of war. I, I think that we are. I think that there's a buildup. I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, when somebody is just going to say, that's it, let's do it. Well, and, you know, they've said, uh, they've said that one of the first things that would be attacked would be 
England because it's right there in Europe. There's no launching across oceans and hoping that it's not intercepted. It's, it's a, I guess if there's a strike in Europe from Russia, it's quick, if anything. And I and guess you know what? Think about it. it uh, you know, yeah, quick and decisive. And, you know, it's going to startle everyone, get their attention. And while you're going, what, what, what the hell? Oh, we, and that takes your focus off just long enough that they can probably surprise and hit you, let alone, you know, still a lot of things are, you know, with the economy could be affected by taking out England. You mm-hmm. know, they've had such a grip on the world for a long time. Uh, that could be a financial big time liability globally, hmm. you know, that, uh, I'm just thinking, I don't know. And sometimes when I think it hurts, fills, yeah, it hurts <laughs> and the air fills up with smoke. It's Friday friends. Come on, give me a break. Hey, um, yeah. I, I, I forgot to play this, so I hope you'll excuse me, folks. I, I should have played this, uh, Tucker Carlson piece when we were mm, talking yeah. about John Fetterman and, uh, and marijuana. And I don't want it to let it go by, you know, go unused. So here it is. Because they believe in science, most politicians haven't bothered to check the research before promoting widespread marijuana use to the whole population. But there is some research, we got to be honest, that suggests that maybe marijuana isn't good for you if you smoke too much of it. Maybe it makes you emotionally unstable or stupid. Well, the marijuana people have a retort to that. Today is 420, by the way, International Marijuana Day, and they tweeted out their trotted out their new spokesman to endorse it. And that new spokesman is a man who just got out of a mental hospital and can't speak a complete sentence. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, John Fetterman is celebrating 420. He tweeted this. It's 420 on 420. That's the tweet, he said, as if trying to prove he can do math. We know that's not true, though. Somebody wrote that for him, man. (laughs) Happy 420 from us. I got to tell you, my birthday was yesterday, 420, right? And, mm-hmm. and I, I'm thinking to myself, you know, my whole life I had to hear things like, oh, are you born April 20th? So was Hitler. That's true. Hitler's birthday was April 20th. Mm-hmm. And and other people would say, well, this happened. Everything that they pointed out on April 20th was a negative. Now here's another thing. You know, it's marijuana day. You know, I, I couldn't have it like an Independence Day or Patriots Day, or something like really important, my birthday is on Marijuana Day and Hitler's birthday. Tell what, what, what time of the day were you born? Three o'clock in the morning. Why do you ask? Well, you missed it by an hour and 20 minutes. What's that? Well, 420. The first 420 go around is at 420 a.m., but you know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you missed it what by a, an hour what, and 20 minutes. What a, what a reach. Holy smokes. And was it well, I was hoping you go, uh, <laughs> wait a minute, four twenty. <laughs> um I don't know. Do you hear about this is a strange story? This cute little girl and her dad down in North Carolina were shot by this new neighbor for no good reason. I guess they had a basketball that rolled into this guy's yard, this twenty four year old guy, and he got irritated and he said and he said to the little girl and her dad, I'm going to kill you. And he went in the house, got a gun, came out. He started running down the street. First, he shot at another neighbor and missed. Then he shot at the little six-year-old and her dad and hit them both. The little six-year-old, he got her in the cheek, uh, more of a graze kind of thing, and but shot yeah. the dad in the back. He's, he's in the hospital. And then um, he, he emptied, he emptied the clip. He kept firing until he couldn't fire anymore. And then he took off and he gave himself in yesterday in, I think it was Tampa, Tampa Bay. Uh, but you wonder what the heck's going on? What, what are some, what are people thinking? A basketball rolls into a yard. So I got to kill you. Uh, I mean, come on. Well, is I don't this, know. Is this because we're letting sick people out of institutions? Is it because these are people who should be being treated for something? And well, I'll be honest with you. I think if you went if you went down the, the block and tested everybody in your neighborhood, yeah, you'd find out the overwhelming majority ought to be institutionalized, and that's because of what is going on in society. My personal opinion 
is driving people to the brink of uh, insanity. And wow, you know, <clears throat> the other thing is, I guess there's also uh, a lot more recreational drug use too. Mm-hmm. People messing around with stuff they shouldn't mess around with, and uh, it's making it's making them. Uh, Screwed up. <laughs> I was looking for a more dignified, uh, erudite no, I uh, description. Think that's pretty dignified. That works. I think, thank you. Screw, yeah. Screwed up is probably yeah. appropriate. Also, uh, Bill O'Reilly was uh, on with, of all people, Chris Cuomo. In case you all don't right. know, uh, Chris Cuomo is back anchoring. He's working on uh, News Nation, which I don't okay. think anybody watches, but it is something and it keeps him off the street. Uh, but uh, he. They were talking about the Dominion settlement over at Fox, and uh, Cuomo had his opinion, which, of course, uh, was poo-pooed by Bill O'Reilly. And, uh, well, here's how it went. I believe they paid this money because it was only going to get worse for them if they went through a trial. That having their anchors up on the stand may have destroyed that brand if lawyers could have done what doesn't happen on TV, which is where every answer you get is methodically uh, set against the reality, what you've said other times, uh, what you did. And I think it was worth $787 million to Fox not to go through with the trial because it would have been even worse for them. What does that say about what Fox has become? Well, I see it differently. No surprise to everybody in the universe. Number one, um, if you look at the television ratings last night, Fox News did not cover the story, yet it got mm-hmm. its audience. They didn't want to see mm-hmm. the story. They don't want to hear the story. They don't care about the story. They're going to watch Fox News no matter what. So that takes the threat of exposure in a trial, court of law, off the table because the Fox News audience is going to watch Fox News no matter what happens in the trial. That's number but then one. why'd they pay Number it? two, the settlement... That's number two, Cuomo. Can you just calm down a minute? Let me get to number two. I'm sorry. That's number two. I'm very nervous. Okay? Go ahead. Number two, once Rupert Murdoch was compelled to testify in a court of law, everyone knew on the inside this was going to be settled. Okay? He did not want to go in there. It was a personal thing. He runs that company. What he says goes. He told his lawyers, settle it. Try to get the best deal you can get. And that's why it was settled. It had nothing to do with primetime talent. had nothing to do with vision of what the image of Fox News is. He didn't want to go, so they settled it. They got the money. I think he didn't want to go because he was going to get coming up. up. Yeah, they have, they have more of these suits coming up. But <laughs> I understand. I understand. He doesn't, uh, why? He's, he's still this running the company. He's a privileged man. Right. He's a privileged man. Privileged people do not want to be in contentious situations. You know that. So well, he made I mean, the look, decision. Your reputation He, it, a, he can certainly it. make it. He's in charge of it. And that's the decision that he made. Now, going forward, this has wide implications for the country that the country doesn't even know about. Number, the, number three point I want to make is there's another lawsuit, Smartmatic. Mm-hmm. Smartmatic. This is going yep. nowhere. Yeah. Smartmatic only had one county in a 2020 election, L.A. County. That's it. Their machines were very, very limited. Smartmatic has seven employees in America, and they are in Boca Raton, Florida. You didn't know any of this, but because I'm still, made, I know it. I They're know. still going to get paid. They're still getting paid. No, they'll get paid, but very, very little. The big threat is the shareholders, the people mm-hmm. who bought Fox stock, and now are looking at an enormous amount of money, resources, coming out of that company, which damages Mm -hmm. their shares. You're going to see that rise, but it won't involve Rupert Burdock. He's not going to get pulled in again. All right? They'll fight the suits, but the distraction is going to influence the 2024 presidential election. And that is the big story here. Donald Trump cannot count on... Fox News' support, as he could in 16 and 20. That's a powerful, powerful venue to lose because Murdoch mm-hmm. doesn't want Trump to be president again. It's as simple as that. Okay, but my, my belief is, I don't know how you feel about this, but uh, Trump has got a, an amazing uh, following behind him. And I don't think Fox can afford to lose 
those people. I mean, they felt a ripple of that effect right after 2020 when people were turned off to how Fox acted and their ratings dropped. But then they kind of did a mea culpa and the ratings have come back up. And the thing is, I don't know how they, they think that they can suppress Donald Trump. I mean, he's up by 40% in most polls right now. Right. And how do you, how do you turn your back on that as, as a network? You've got to talk about it. You got to report on it. Well, well, you and I say you got to report on it, but you know, the reality is Murdoch has decided he doesn't want Trump anymore. His kids are not, uh, conservative or Trumpers. So, you know, you can't count on Fox. And yeah. the only thing, there's somebody at Fox still steering at conservative, and they kind of let it go because they're riding, you know, the wave of success. Yeah, but and that Bill, goes away. Bill, no matter what their political beliefs, uh, Murdoch and his sons, I'm sure, they're money people. They're business yeah. people. They, they can have a lot of personal beliefs, but when it comes to the bottom line, that's the real important thing. And their bottom line will be hurt desperately if they appear to be actively avoiding Trump, especially uh, in a presidential election. You know, I well, mean, they're they, not they're not going to avoid Trump, you know, per se, with, you know, Tucker and uh, some of the other uh, people they got. But, but, you know, they did right after 2020, Bill, they, they for a long time, they they stopped airing his rallies and things like <laughs> that, um, especially. I don't know. I think I think Fox can change with the wind like any other, you know, because you're you're saying that they're they they're in it for the money. Yeah. How does how does uh, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC keep their doors open when they have nobody viewing it? But yet, I think it's because MSNBC is the the baby brother of NBC, the television network. Uh, there's a lot of money flowing through right. the NBC operation. Whereas Fox is kind of the big dog, you know, they, they do have the Fox network, the television network, but, yeah, uh, Fox sports. Yeah. yeah. But All it's, it's not as, it's not as big as, uh, NBC is NBC's huge. Um, I, you know, I, I call me crazy, but I also think there's a, uh, a certain attitude over at, uh, at, uh, 30 Rockefeller center. That's where NBC is, uh, where they, uh, it's, it's an in thing to be a liberal over it. I mean, it's hard to explain, but I, even I didn't realize that when I worked in New York, because, you know, I was dumb and stupid, young, dumb and stupid, but, uh, there is an attitude in New York that, um, uh, it's, it's definitely unique to the city. Uh, I'll tell you the attitude. Yeah. The attitude is there's New York and then outside there's of the New York else. boundary, this wilderness, it's it's like it's where yeah. all the it's where all the uh, uncultured live, outside of the boundaries of New York. That's that's how it was even back when I worked there. It's it's like uh, where did, where did you work before you came to New York? Well, I worked in Boston. Oh, Boston, where is that? <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. It's the but sixth largest market in the country. Um, but anyway, they have a very uh, they think highly of themselves in New mm-hmm. York. And, uh, I think that the Murdoch's have been affected by that. You know, we talked about this before on the show, the son's, uh, wives go to the parties who see uh, the upper level parties, uh, that they have on a regular basis in New York, where all the law de da, uh, congregate and discuss politics. And oftentimes they're about as vacuous as an empty basket, uh, an empty gymnasium. Okay. It's like, Hmm. But they are there, and they have their empty opinions, and uh, it affects. It, go, it ripples back to the brothers. You know, the the wives think, "Oh, I'm not in because all of our friends are liberal, and we we own Fox. Well, I we got to do something about Fox. We got to make it a little more, you know, liberal. And it, it's as simple as that. Sometimes, friends, you know, people think, "Oh, it has to be more." Well, yeah, and, and I think there's the. You know, I'm looking at the bottom line and I'm saying there's other money that gets funneled across, you know, 
if, if it was all about money, NBC would be on track to doing things the right way, but they're not. And you also, you did bring up a point that NBC is big. You know, you've got to look at the parent company. Now, I don't know what they hold, you know, today, but I remember there was a time that they also owned a lot of products, which I thought was weird because I'd see a Swanson commercial and go, wait a minute, aren't the two kind of connected, you know, through, you know, uh, they owned a lot of brands that were out there that were things that you used every day. So they get their money from the whole gamut. Ever wonder how nowadays, though, we're seeing companies commit suicide, corporate suicide right in front of our eyes. And you wonder, why did they do that? For example, Disney. All of my life, Disney was branded as a family-friendly, all-American uh loving, safe company, meaning we don't get political. We don't talk politics. We are a place that you can go to uh, on your most bleak days and be rejuvenated because of our neutrality and our, in our loving spirit. That was Disney all my life until the last five years when they have done an about face and become this progressive woke company, bottom line, be damned. Okay. And then you see a brand like Anheuser-Busch. Anheuser-Busch with its, uh, bud, you know, for all we do, this bud's for you. Uh, or remember the commercial campaign, real American hero, Budweiser, you know, now we got Dylan Mulvaney, uh, with it, with his perpetual grin and, uh, his sports bras and we see him being the face of Bud Light. They they gotta know this is crazy. They gotta know this is gonna kill some of it of its marketplace. And it did. It took I think there's seven billion dollars at least seven billion dollars in the hole. How does the company walk away from seven billion dollars? I mean, I don't care how big you are, how successful you are. You lose seven billion dollars, it's gotta hurt somewhere. Somebody's it's gotta hurt, but you know, and you would think, well, they would back away from this right away. But when you're down that path, you're already down the path. And if you sit there and go, well, we gotta pull away from this. But the question, Bill, is why did they go down the path? Well, that's that's a horse of a different color. And do, uh do they do it do they do it intentionally? Do they is it, is it an intentional corporate suicide that they're committing? Well, I think so. Uh, but they they they're hedging their bet on something, and they believe that they're going to win on this. You know, as far as wokeism goes, you know, you've seen it for a long time. It's been around. Yeah. You know, it's it's been alluded to, but it was very subtle, mm-hmm. and it wasn't crammed down your throat as the normal thing. You know, I I was watching an episode of sci-fi thing that they did their final thing on it. And the new episodes, the, the runoffs are very woke. They shove it down your throat like it's the thing. Yeah. This one kind of went with the old creed of, yeah, you know, we don't make a big deal out of it, but we put it there just to offer up, you know, the what if, because maybe in other cultures. And you accepted that because they weren't shoving it down your throat. It was just, oh, okay, I get it. You know, uh, but when it's shoved down your throat that this is normal and why aren't you here? Mm-hmm. Well, now I've, now I got a problem with that. You know, you don't tell me how to think. You don't tell my kids how to be. Uh, we make our own decisions. Now, if we see it out there in, you know, in, in the regular world, uh, I may not agree with it, but I'm not going to sit there and go, oh. Come on, man. Look at yourself. I'm not going to do that. You know, the thing is, though, um, if you see some of the classified ads in the uh, – there are, there are different websites that I, I visit that are websites that screenwriters go to for possible jobs, you know, or places where they might be able to sell their scripts. And for the longest time, they were always very basic – very clear, uh, and they didn't step into politics, these classified ads. But now, on a regular basis, you see an ad that'll say, looking for thriller, sci-fi, horror, which might have a social uh, a social uh, 
aspect. aspect to it. Exactly. Thank you. And I think to myself, a social aspect, they're trying to influence our culture with every script that you see nowadays. It's the, you know, Hollywood is very the in place. You know, if somebody thinks that uh, having wokeism in their movie is going to benefit them, they'll do it. And then his friend who's getting ready to produce his movie will look over and say, well, I think I should have a, an element of wokeism in mind too, because, you know, Charlie just did a movie and it was very successful. He made a lot. A lot <laughs> and all of a sudden, every movie in Hollywood is woke. I, I like to watch NCIS, the, the TV show. It's been around for 20 years. And it's always just a very straightforward, uh, there's a formula to it. If you're into writing, it, it, there's a format to each script. You can see it, and it's very basic, and it's very entertaining. But now they have other spinoffs. They have NCIS Hawaii. Somewhere along the line, I'm probably thinking of somebody at the network, they said to uh, the producers, look, at I, we like your uh, concept of NCIS, obviously, because we've been running it for... 20 years, but uh, it's 2023, and we've got to bring this up to date and be more socially conscious. So we we got to have another storyline running in the background on your on your series. So we're going to make the FBI agent a woman. We're going to make her uh, a lesbian, and we're going to make one of our NCIS agents a woman. Obviously, uh, she's she's gay too, and we're not just going to. Or infer anything anymore. No inferring. That's too much work for the audience. We're going to show them in a relationship. We're going to be obvious. Mm -hmm. They're going to hold hands. They're going to kiss. They're going to snuggle. We're going to do the whole ball of wax. We're going to lay it out there. That's what they're doing nowadays on so many TV shows across the board. They're shoving it down our throats. Look at I have nothing against somebody who is gay or lesbian. But I do have something against the media that tries to use that lifestyle to make money. Which, if you're if you're gay or lesbian, you should be a little offended by this. They're not doing it to help you out. They're doing it to because it's the end thing. They think they're going to make money off you. You know, um, could it be a little bit of shock programming to where, you know what? Let's push the envelope a little bit because. You know, it's kind of like the um, the special effects in movies. You know, yeah. when you you know when you saw somebody get shot, they'd hold their chest. Yes. down. you never saw blood. Then one day they introduced blood, and then somebody goes, "Well, we got to show the flesh going." So they got special effects to you know right make that happen. So we people react to extremes. So oh, sure. maybe they're taking the sexual content to go. You know, this is territory we've never explored. Now, I'm not saying this is the excuse, but I'm saying we've never explored it. Let's go here because, you know, people go, oh, I don't like that. But yet they secretly go and they look to see, wow, they really did. You but, know? you know, it's like it's like everything else that Hollywood does. Sometimes the sexiest movies were the movies from the 40s and the 50s where uh, you saw a couple. The mind. The, yeah, the couple. Uh, looked at each other, you know, uh, they grabbed each other's hands. You could see there was seduction in their eyes, and they walked into the next room, and the door closed. And you yeah. knew, but in your mind, as a viewer, you know what they were doing behind that door. You didn't need to have it graphically shown to you. Now, everywhere they can, they will show a couple in a nude embrace doing everything they can uh, shy of uh, getting them an X rating. And they do it even on television, too. Uh, yeah, well, you know, when I see stuff like that, I think, all right, uh, there was writer's block going on. They didn't know how to fill that space. Okay, let's put a love scene, sex scene in there. Uh, back what I liked were the old movies, like you said. You know, you see the couple kiss, right. you know, just kind of they embrace. It's a, a lip smack. And then the next thing you know, the, the shot comes from the outside where the light goes out and the curtains close. Yeah. And then it cuts away to uh, you might be by the beach and the, the, the waves washing up sure. against the rocks. Yeah. And that was their way of, you know. Yeah. You know what was going on up in the, yeah. in the dark room. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. in there. Uh, they're yeah, playing Tiddlywinks. They, they pulled the shade. But, you know, the thing is now 
all of this graphic stuff that we see, all of the uh, blatant Not sex, in these but shows. It, it's desensitized our society to a certain extent. Uh-huh. People have seen so much of this now that they've become, it doesn't affect them the same way. Do you know what I'm saying? The audience looks right. at this. They've seen so much nudity. They've seen so much sex. I mean, there was a time when if you saw a woman topless in a movie, I'm talking about back in the six, late 60s, early 70s, it was like, whoa, did you see that? But nowadays, it's everywhere. And and I would, I would say that as a, as a viewer, you hardly even notice it anymore. It's on, I know. You can also blame that on my age, too. But the fact of the matter is, there is a certain amount of too muchism out there. You know, we've gone yeah. too far with this stuff. But um, why are we doing it? Uh, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, take one step a little bit further over the line. Let's see if we can draw in more people because we'll be the guys that are being risky. Uh, they, You never know, you know. Um, um I think it's, I hate to say this, but I think it, there's a, it, it goes to almost everything in our society right now. Everything, everything is being attacked. Uh, our well, security is being attacked. Uh, our, our place as a nation in the world is being attacked. We were once, as they used to call us, the shining city on the hill. Uh, not anymore. Uh, no, the light don't shine no more. You know, one thing that I do notice, you know, because they are pushing, you know, the, the gay envelope, the transgender envelope, and and then they divide us and say, you know, you see Green, uh, you know. Jean-Pierre, uh, yeah. Jean-Pierre, you know, get up there. This has got to stop. All this hate has got to stop. Well, wait a minute. Who's showing the hate? Who's promoting the hate? Mm. It's you. And what you're doing, you're dividing people because by dividing, you can divide and conquer and you can build a political base with it, and they're not really helping you. They're not there to help you. They're there. Listen to me. If you're transgender or gay, think about it. You are being used and exploited. Has nothing to do with them going, oh, yeah, you know, uh, man, you know, get with the times, you know. You have you're to, being exploited. You have to remember, folks, that transgenderism is a relatively new thing in our society. I mean, if you asked people five years ago, are you transgender? I would be hard pressed to think they would be able to even give me, mm-hmm. what is that? Transgenderism. What, it, what, what, what I'm talking about. There was a time in our society when, when it wasn't even an issue and now it's an issue. Now, now it's, it's a, a lifestyle that has to be protected. I saw kids on a college campus. I think it was at the university of Pittsburgh, uh, where they, had a rally a couple of days ago and they even set off a smoke bomb and stuff like that. And it was kind of, kind of loud, but they were yelling, uh, they were talking about transgenderism like it was a race, you know, they were transgenderism is a human well, right. That's what I'm saying. Transgenderism you know, is a human right. And I'm thinking transgenderism, you wouldn't even know what the heck it is when you were a junior in high school. But are the transgenders the new blacks of society? Well, I think they're trying to sell that to us. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're exploiting them, and they're exploiting them for a reason, and they're the ones, not the the right. You know, yeah, they rile up some people, but you're riling up some uh, Democrats, too. You are doing this to make some noise. Is this intentional? Is Is it being pushed by quote the deep state yes are they trying to by doing that you divide the people and when you do that and you're you're trying to say yes we will empower the transgender people well why are they trying to empower you because you need empowerment or because they need to put your your check under their you know under their heading uh, we got the transgenders now what else all the people with the knobby knees you know, people hate people with knobby knees. That's true. They're, Pretty soon they'll be the the next group, to, the, the next big group, the knobby knee society. Yes, but we right. love you, knobby knee people, and <laughs> uh, you know what? Well, you deserve rights too. So if you got knobby knee, if you're bow legged and you got knobby knees, oh, you know they're so they're so anxious. In. This administration is so anxious to protect the the transgender as opposed to the woman yeah they, they always talk about women you know 
being and then and then when things like uh, Leah issues like the Leah Thomas swimming situation mm-hmm. where uh, she beat Riley Gaines actually Riley Gaines tied Leah Thomas but they gave the award to Leah Thomas uh, because I maybe they thought he was a fraction of a second faster but I saw a video yesterday and it looked like it looked to me like they came in at exactly the same time. But it yeah, was, and you know what? Then that is a, what's the name of the uh, the transgender? Uh, it's Riley Gain. Oh, the the transgender is Leah Thomas. Okay, Leah. You know, if if you actually tied, you're a disgrace to a man playing a role as a woman <laughs> because obviously you didn't live up to your masculinity, you know, hidden or cloaked in a dress. And I just saw a picture of uh, Leah Thomas from a oh, couple geez. of days ago. And Leah Thomas, when Leah Thomas won the swimming race, had dark hair and looked was trying to look like a normal woman. Yeah. But of course, of course, Leah has shoulders of a linebacker. But that's besides the point. Um, she works out. Yeah, okay, I get it. But now Leah has this pinkish reddish hair, uh, and you think to yourself, is this all about attention? Yeah, it's identity. I was just going to say. We're fighting for attention and identity, and we're sitting there, and and you know. I mean, Dylan, is, Dylan Mulvaney is attention. Well, Dylan Mulvaney, uh, he might be transgender. He might believe that in his head, but he's an opportunist. Well, he he was a, he was on uh, Ellen DeGeneres' show as a guy a dancing. Yeah, as as a guy, he was a dancer on Ellen DeGeneres' show, a good dancer, and. Uh, I, I guess he felt uh, he wasn't getting the the limelight uh, like he should have gotten, and I think he probably figured this was a way to get more attention. So he started this YouTube channel where he talked about his transition. Uh, yeah, but you know, well, great. Uh, you know, if, if that's what he wants, I'm happy for yeah. him. Yeah, and you know, the simple fact is, but you know, I, I saw uh, you know Green uh, Jean Pierre sit there and talk about him. Uh, going, well, you know, obviously this is a transgender guy that, that likes beer. Have you seen the commercial? I'm not encouraging you to go see it, but when he's sitting there talking, it, it, it's a stupid, you know, uh, YouTube rant, you know, type thing, yeah. and he sips the beer. You know, let me tell you something. <laughs> I don't care if you're a man or a woman. When you drink a beer, you kick that can back. Yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. take a swig of that beer. It looks, like, go, it looks like it was the first time he sipped it. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he didn't like it. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, you, yeah. you poser. You're, and boy, talk about a poser. <laughs> you are the classic example of a poser. Well, so, I, I think there's uh, uh, more to what we're seeing in our society right now. We, we have so much distraction going on. So much distraction. It's like they don't want us to know how how close we are to really serious stuff like war you know i mean yeah. if, we, if we're not distracted every day by some nonsense then we might might really be paying attention to what's happening in the ukraine and in russia we might honestly know how close this administration has moved us to nuclear annihilation you know and and if you think i'm being dramatic about that i'm not it's god's truth friends it's it's serious stuff. You know, we are not only looking at war with Russia on one front, but we've moved closer to war with China on the other front. Ah, and you know, here's a here's a sign. You know, the economy of a country can play a big decision on going to war. Mm-hmm. Now, we had heard for years that uh, China's economy was in the toilet. And then last year they were bragging our GDP next year will be 5.5%. Now they just recently said it was 5% and they're well on their way. But now, is it our rhetoric machine that is out there casting the negativity? Or is it really something to be believed? Because there are economists going, China is having a hard time, you know, reaching their GDP goals. And their their dollar is, they're, they're in trouble. They're in financial chaos. I mean, if they are... I may have mentioned this yesterday. My financial advisor said we were talking about world economies, yeah. and he, I said, you know, what about the dollar? The dollar is being used by most countries as the 
the base of everything, you know, the American dollar. And now they're talking about moving away from the U.S. dollar towards something else. And my, my friend said, hey, look at Jim. Uh, they do that, they're going to hurt themselves because most of these countries have got vaults filled with American dollars. They have mm-hmm. – much of their wealth is in American dollars. So if they change the basic dollar standard, right, uh, it's going to hurt them too, big time. If they diminish well, the dollar, they'll be hurt too. So the fact of the matter is it probably isn't going to happen. Well, that's true. But then again, you look at the American dollar – and you look at all the things, if you just sit there and step back a minute and forget about all the news and everything, and you look around, all right, and you mm-hmm. look at different things, our infrastructure, uh, our power grid, uh, you know, the homeless people, every problem that we have that all this money we're sending away, we could fix all of our problems. And then after we do that, we could go out and help these people, at least go out and give them the support to do things on mm-hmm. their own. And maybe some support after that. But right now, we're fighting a war that we will get nothing out of. We will not get paid a war debt, and that's the Ukraine. We're $115 billion into right. them. We're we, sending we, more aid. Yeah, we just we're one-tenth of a trillion dollars, you know, that we've spent on them mm-hmm. in the past year. Why? Because... We have the most. Yeah, that's the answer. Well, I was well, for. well, because we have an administration that is intentionally wants us to be in this state, and I mean, we have to we have to raise the debt ceiling just to pay. Hey, to keep the government open because of oh gee, the past Congress and everything else. I just heard and yesterday money. that uh, gas prices are going to go up again this oh, summer, big time. And they we don't have the gas now in the oil reserves to offset it anymore. So, I mean, no. before they could offset the rising prices of gas by tapping the oil reserve and suddenly the gas prices would come down. Well, we've given so much of it away. It is so dry, the reserve, that they don't have that option anymore. That reserve is probably never going to be filled. And they're, they're, they're hoping on the electric car thing. And what was it? There was something that I was reading about the, oh, the electric the electric oh. car is just not going to be the answer it isn't there was happen. a guy that took a drive from boston to dc and said yeah i drove uh it was i think it was uh, a toyota mm-hmm. you know they're 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 really you know talked about car and he goes yeah you know it was an okay drive but he goes here's the problem you drive down there and you're trying to do a quick turnaround and then you got to stop for gas yeah or or to recharge. So you stop and you spend three hours oh, to charge the damn thing sure. before you can turn around and come back. He goes, owning an electric car, number one, to find the place to charge it, number two, to spend the time to charge it, and number three, the cost of charging it is a pain in the ass. Now, unfortunately, it's going to happen that way with the gas vehicles too, because if we don't have the gas to run the vehicles, we're putting our entire mobility, and one of the things that America has been based on is the fact that you can get up, you know, even before cars, everybody had a horse and buggy, and then we got cars. Everybody got a car, and now we're trying to go electric, and we don't have that. Electricity that is yet. not the answer. I mean, you have a, a vehicle where if you get into an accident and the uh, batteries are damaged, it's the car's total cost be- of the car. Yeah, yeah. B- because most of the value in, in a car is the uh, is the battery, and like you said, you pull into a, a charging station. What if you pull into a service area and you find there's a, a line of cars in front of you, maybe ten cars. Each one of those cars takes what an hour to charge. Mm-hmm. So you, you could be sitting there for hours waiting to charge your car, and and do the batteries continue to hold the charge? Uh, after a year that they held it in the beginning, well, let's think most about batteries, this now. most batteries lose their charging, uh, capability. You know, they diminish the, the cold. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's why you go, yeah, I got a 650 amp, uh, you know, battery. It's got 500 cranking amps. Okay. That cranking amps means when the cold weather hits, it doesn't have 650. Mm-hmm. It has 500. So your batteries 
ability to charge, they say five years. Forget about it, friends. You know, you live uh, in the Northeast, eh, give it three. You better yeah. replace that battery. I mean, I had a, uh, well, my truck, you know, that's three years old. I sat there and said, let's put a new battery in it. And they said, oh, it tests well. I said, yeah, run a load on the charger. I bet you you'll see a drop. They did. They said, oh, yeah, it does do a drop. How did you know that? I'm sitting there going, it's three years old, which means the truck is probably four to four and a half years old from when it was made. Therefore, that battery needs to go, and we put a new battery in, yeah. you know. Yeah. No problem, but I know. had I had a I had a battery in my car. By the way, that uh, I gotten I got a new battery about three years ago, right? Time for a new one, brand new. No, no, no. I had it for a year and a half. It was supposed to last at least three years. No, I can't. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you get a brand new battery after a year, especially and it still goes bad. Especially if they sit outside uh, in the elements, if they are exposed to extreme heat and then extreme cold. Uh, on a regular basis, the battery loses its longevity, its its lasting power. I well, here's had, another thing. I had to replace it after like a year and a half. Let's say that you're, you've got the alternator in there. It's cranking, spinning, running power back. But let's say the alternator, you don't think about this, but maybe the alternator's been in the car for, let's say you got a 10-year-old car. you got a 10-year-old alternator. So it's not putting the full charge back into that battery. And so a battery gets used to what you give it. You either overcharge it, undercharge it, but it's got a memory. And its memory is based on, well, other elements in the car. You know, the belts, the alternator, the, you know, everything. So you've got a whole electronic system there that... I, I just don't see how electric cars are the answer. And there are, some, there are so many other options out there. We've talked about it, but we can't talk anymore because we've run out of rope, as they would say. Um, well, our number here is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. And it's also mail at itsanotherday.com. There's mail at crnamerica.com. CRN America is, uh, we've got a technical glitch right now with the, the master server, mm -hmm. uh, which hopefully will get fixed uh, very, very soon. But until then, uh, you know, but the mail and everything is still working on that. Don't but forget. it may all be moot by Sunday. You can go to our website. That's true. If, if, if that flare hits us. Uh, yeah. But you can go We've to our. We've done anyway on Sunday. You can go to nice our website. It's itsanotherday.com. Uh, and, and by the way, we have something uh, on the upper menus on the very top on the right-hand side. Uh, we say, is it a mask or is it, is it skin or oh, something yeah. like that? And it's, it's a Joe Biden video that was taken when he was supposedly in Ireland, and it's worth taking a look at. So you might want to visit that. There's another video out there of Joe. And have you ever seen his presidential picture? And you look at him, and his hair looks full and good, and it looks a lot younger, and mm -hmm. that big, you know, something grinning yeah. and, uh, smile that he's got. Well, he's got that. And they were at the car show over the weekend. Somebody was doing a report. And here comes Joe driving along. Joe doesn't have a license. He can't drive anymore, friends, just so you know. And I wouldn't want to see him behind the wheel. But here he comes cruising up in an electric car, bragging about it and everything. Oh, get in the back. We'll go for a ride. Well, I'm going back to D.C. with it. And I'm going, that is the Joe that I saw in the picture. And I'm going, but that's not the Joe that I saw standing in the crowd talking where his hair in the back, you know, yeah. is combed down long because yes. as you get older, you know, uh, in, at his age, that hair goes away. Mm -hmm. And it's thin around the top. And I'm going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, so you got Joe. You got Joe with mask. And you got another Joe that actually looks pretty fit and younger. A world filled with Joes. <laughs> Hi, Joe. We've, we've, we've discovered Joe, yeah. one of them anyway. Hey, folks, look, we'll talk again tomorrow on our weekend update. Have a wonderful Friday. Thanks for tuning in. Without you, we'd be talking to ourselves. Well, I do that anyway. That's true. Stand in front of the mirror, and I sit there and rehearse for the next day. That's what I'm going to go do here in just a second. Oh, I'm excited to hear that. You oh, must have yeah, a very exciting really life. You really do. Yeah, it really is. I love my life. <laughs> See you, Bill. See ya. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. 
You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>